Welcome to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. Today I would like to discuss with you Beatrix Potter books, how to use them in your homeschool, what ages to use them for, and why they are so important for your child to know. So most of us associate Beatrix Potter with Peter Rabbit or Benjamin Bunny, the cousin of Peter, and we think of these as nice children's tales where the animals are fluffy and they're cute and all that. You might have seen the um, horrible Disney or whoever rendition of Peter Rabbit live action, but it's so important that your children get to know Beatrix Potter in her own words for who she is. There's a few things that I wanted to talk about today on how we use Beatrix Potter in our home and the reasons why I like her so much. So the first reason I love her is that in the original edition of the books, they are small and they are literally child size. So my two-year-old, my three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds have all enjoyed just holding the books and sorting them out into piles, pretending to be mommies with their little baby dolls or their baby trucks, depending on their predilections, and enjoy just holding the books, looking at the illustrations and getting to know them. I also love her illustrations because they are not dumbed down for kids, which is the problem when you change children's books into feature length films. It usually dumbs down the art, okay? So I really like that she has a very um, realistic portrayal of each of the kinds of animals. It's whimsical, they're dressed in clothes, and she has a very keen scent. She has clearly spent a lot of time in nature observing the world around her and getting the tree bark right and the shades of green right and all of that. And children pick up on all of this attention to detail and they feel respected when they are given art that is true and good and beautiful. They don't need dumbed down, brightly colored cartoons all the time. I also love to use Beatrix Potter because of her elevated language, meaning that her vocabulary, the stories are very good for three, four, five, six, seven, eight year old children, so primary years through the grammatical stage. But the vocabulary raises the child up just a little bit while the story and the pictures hold them engaged. I wanted to just share with you the first page from the Flopsy Bunnies, which is one of my favorite of her books. She writes, it is said that the effect of eating too much lettuce is soporific. I have never felt sleepy after eating lettuces, but then I am not a rabbit. They certainly had a very soporific effect upon the Flopsy Bunnies. And then you have this adorable picture of the little Flopsy Bunnies falling asleep after eating too much lettuce. Note the word soporific, right? Normally you wouldn't even get this in like an SAT vocabulary review book, right? This is a very um, lofty word, shall we say, or erudite word for the young child, but there in just one charming little page, you've talked about the soporific lettuces. And if you read the story once a week or once a month for year in, year out, as the Lord gives you more children um, in your home or your older children revisit it, they know the word soporific and it was fun. All of her works have these kinds of elevated language in them and it's just sort of a gentle and natural way to raise the family vocabulary. I also love these books because, like I said, the stories are charming. Children love stories about animals, and it inspires them then to observe for themselves stories about animals. 
Um, not only can they narrate back the story in a book like the Flopsy Bunnies, but they can then, you can prompt them to make up their own story about a bunny family or a woodchuck family or a squirrel family, whatever animal you have running around outdoors where you live. Maybe it's sparrows and pigeons if you're in the city. But her tales inspire children to then come up with their own creative tales and their own creative play in the animal world. So they're a wonderful, just complete package of a classic that is a classic because of its strength. We are reading these 100 years after she wrote them, and I dare say we will be reading them 200 years and 300 years after she wrote them. So I would highly recommend Beatrix Potter. It is worth the investment. If you have young children now, purchase the books, and they're enjoyable for years to come. Also, it's important when you are building your children's book library to have books that you yourself don't mind reading endlessly in repetition. For example, I can recite all of Where the Wild Things Are without looking at the words. I can also recite Goodnight Moon and Runaway Bunny, no problem. It's important that you don't mind repeating yourself. And while I can't promise that you will never fall asleep reading the Flopsy Bunnies or Pigling Bland or Benjamin Bunny for the 18th time that day, it's at least not as bad as some other options out there. But that's all to say, Beatrix Potter, amazing, awesome woman, should be read, definitely should be treasured in your home. Go for it. For a bonus, there is a DVD collection of Beatrix Potter stories that I would actually recommend. Yes, I'm recommending a movie because sometimes everyone has the flu and you just can't read another Beatrix Potter book. Or just to have some fun once in a while, put these movies on. I will link these DVDs in the video description below. The BBC put them out. They have great actors from the Royal Shakespeare Company doing the voices and the watercolors are really lovely and I believe do honor the spirit of Beatrix Potter. So check it out. If you enjoyed this review, please do the like button and subscribe to this channel. Make sure that you hit the notification bell so that you don't miss any of our videos when they post. You can watch them at your leisure. If it's easier for you, you can also find us on Spotify on that podcast channel. And thank you for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it and we will see you next time on Verity Ed.